Bible with you. Y'all can be seated. Uh, raise your hand, and the ushers have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. And uh, turn with me in the Scriptures to John, the 14th chapter. John 14, and then I think we're going to go over to Philippians, the fourth chapter. John 14 and Philippians 4. Excuse me if my voice is a little scratchy. I shouted a lot last night, (laughs) hollered and preached. (coughs) You know how I do. And uh, we had some good services up in Ohio. In fact, we were up there this morning, and now we're down here. Thanks be to God for airplanes and strength and health. Amen. Everything that we need. I I just am so uh, thankful that we we can be involved in the work of God and what He's doing in the earth. Because this, how many believe there's nothing more important going on on the planet than the Lord's things? And to be a part of it is to be a part of something eternal, something that'll never fade, that'll never go away, that'll always have value and always matter. And that would mean our life wasn't just wild away and wasted. Uh, in John 14, I want us to uh, pray. And then read these verses, and this is not a part of our previous series. This is something different, and we'll just see where it goes. But uh, believe with me for utterance. Uh, You don't want to hear me. You want to hear him, right? And he can speak through me, and I'm going to believe for that. And then um, we, we know he knows exactly what we need right now. Exactly what we need to be thinking about, any changes we need to make, what's coming up, how to get ready for that, right? So let's believe for it right now in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray and agree together as touching this, asking you for perfect utterance and eyes and ears that see and hear and understanding hearts for right now. Exactly what... We need to hear and see. We ask for a supply of the Spirit, for the anointing, for the moving of your Spirit, and the manifesting of your gifts, showing us supernaturally and ministering to us by your Holy Spirit exactly what you would and what pleases you, what you know we need. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers and to put it into practice uh, immediately. Because we know when we do that, You are faithful to watch over your word and perform it, and we will be blessed. And so we say, be it unto us according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say it out loud. Be it unto me according to your word. You know, the Bible said he sent his word and healed them. The word itself has the power to heal you, deliver you change you uh, without anybody uh, praying over you. We believe in prayer, but without anybody laying a hand on you. We believe in laying on our hands. But the Word itself can just come into you and change you. 
without anybody touching you or saying anything over you. Uh, I saw that in healing school when I worked with Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry and ministered there for a number of years. One of the most dramatic cases I saw <clears throat> was a young man and his wife. I, I, I learned some of these things later. They just came and sat in the back in the healing class. I didn't know them, never met them, didn't know anything about them uh, at that point. And he, you could tell at one point, he had been a great big strapping uh, strong man. And now, though he's emaciated, he, he wasn't all that old. I think he was in his 30s maybe. And, but he was just wasted away. Uh, cancer of several different kinds. And, and I think cancer of the stomach and, and some other things. And so he couldn't eat and, and had just uh, basically starving to death. And, and it got where he couldn't breathe very good. And he was so weak. I remember he came in <clears throat> and he held on to the, the seat in front of him. And his head was almost down on that seat. Just so weak. And we were talking that day, the Lord led me, I believe, to talk about God's Word is medicine. <clears throat> From Proverbs 4. <clears throat> and it's, it's life to those that find it. And it's health and medicine to all their flesh. And how the psalmist said, the Lord sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And how life is in the Word and healing is in the Word. No Word of God is void of power. The, the Lord never spoke something that was empty and powerless. When he said it, it, it accomplishes what he sent it to do. It does. God doesn't just talk to be talking. He never says, I'm just saying. <clears throat> when he says, something happens. We're not supposed to just be saying either. Did you know that? Our words are supposed to be accomplishing things and matter. We're made in his image and likeness. Well, over the course of the, uh, the class that day, I taught, I think, at least an hour. And uh, I saw once in a while I'd, I'd catch him. After a few minutes, uh, my attention was drawn to him for some reason. Uh, I saw his eyes came, come up, and he's looking at me now. <clears throat> And his breathing is not as labored. In the beginning, you could hear him breathing all over the room. There's a little smaller room. And in 30 minutes, he's standing, he's sitting up in his chair looking at me. You can't hear him breathing anymore. And after an hour's time, he looks excited. <laughs> and his color's changed. It's one of the most dramatic changes in the short amount of time I've seen. I mean, miraculous. And after the service, I, I went back to see him. I knew something has happened to this guy. And uh, I said, the Lord's done something for you, hasn't he? He said, I feel something all inside. He said, what is this? I guess I said, it's, it's the power of God. He said, I feel good. He looked at his wife. He said, I'm hungry. She broke down crying. She just started profusely crying. I, I learned later he hadn't been able to eat solid food in months. And they went across the road to the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> and they said he ate like two or three Mexican dinners. <laughs> well, you've been starving for months. And, and no problems. How many know you're bound to be healed? You, you must be healed. 
<coughs> and uh, in, uh, in talking with them later, it's not that they knew a whole lot of word. They hardly, just to make sure, I led them in a prayer to confess Jesus as Lord. <coughs> but the word of God did that in them. Say it out loud again. Be it unto me. According to your word, O Lord. So as the word goes forth tonight and every time that you're in church and every time the word's going forth, believe it's just coming right into you and changing you and giving you what you need. In John, the 14th chapter, John 14 and verse 1. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You believe God is real, creator of the heavens and the earth. You believe Jesus is his son, come to pay the price, died on the cross and rose again. Then don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Said out loud, let not your heart be troubled. Who said that? Do you reckon he meant for you to take that seriously? Hmm? Or not? So then you're you're never troubled. <laughs> That's quiet, isn't it? <laughs> Skip down to verse twenty seven. Verse 27, Jesus said this further, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Said out loud, I have, I have Jesus', Jesus personal, personal peace. peace. He, gave he gave it to me. I have it. I have it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. You cannot find this with any amount of pill popping or dope smoking or drinking. Y'all with me? You can't find this kind of peace in a bottle or a pill or anything. Just because you're out of your head and zombified don't mean you have peace. Because you pass out doesn't mean you got any peace. <clears throat> Not as the world giveth. And so he says it again. What did he say? For the second time. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You reckon he, under, he, he expected us to do something with what he said here. To do what? Don't let your heart be troubled. So there's so much light here. If your heart is troubled, why is it that way? Because you or I let it get that way. And what else? We didn't have to let it get that way. And we shouldn't have let it get that way. Because he told us, don't let it get that way. True or no? 
Now, in spite of this, and many other scriptures along this line, many Christians are troubled. Troubled souls, troubled minds, anxious, worried, upset, day in, day out, different degrees and measures. But you can tell just by talking to them a little bit, just by being around them, they're not... uh, Satisfied, they're not at peace. Things are bugging them. Things are bothering them. And something's troubling them. And, friend, I want you to know the enemy of your soul, if you'll let it, even though you get through something and you overcome one thing and you get one thing taken care of, if you let it, He will keep something in your life for you to be troubled about all the time. And you will be a troubled soul. Hmm? And you'll always be upset about something. But that's not Christian-like. It's not Christ-like. It's a bad witness. Did you know there's a lot of folks who are not Christians? Because they have relatives who are. <clears throat> and they think, man, if being a Christian is being like ain't so-and-so or uncle so-and-so or, you know. Why? Because they're, they're never happy. They're, they're upset about this. They're upset about that. And even if things in their life are pretty good, they're upset about something in somebody else's life. Or they're upset about the, what's happening in the country or what's happening in some other country. They're upset. <clears throat> Always upset and worried. And upset. And troubled. They think it's a sign of their intelligence. And they think it's a sign that they care. But it's blatant disregard for the head of the church, his instructions. Because he said, he said, come on, look at it again. Is this okay tonight or not? How many want to do what the master told you to do? He said, I'm giving you the peace I've walked in down here. Can you picture Jesus biting his nails, pulling his hair, pacing the floor, can't sleep because he's worried and upset? Can you picture that? Hmm? No. No. Why? He walked in the peace that passes understanding. And he gave it to you. And he gave it to me. He said, you can't find this anywhere in the world. But I'm giving it to you. And because we have this, that's how we can obey his instructions. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Jesus, the head of the church, said, Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. What does that mean to you? Hmm? What does that mean to you? You reckon you'd ever be tempted to be troubled, tempted to be upset. Tempted, oh, just just daily. But can we do what he told us to do? 
Should we do what he told us to do? Is it possible to go day in, day out, day after day and not be troubled? Is it possible? Would it be a good witness? That no matter what's going on, you're not troubled. Hmm. Boy, I can tell we need to preach on this. <coughs> so that lets me know I'm on the right track. Uh, go with me to, to Mark, the 13th chapter. Well, maybe we'll get to Philippians when we're ready for it. Mark 13. One reason why this is an issue for so many is because being troubled has been taught in church. Preachers have taught people to be troubled. Hmm? To be upset. To be scared. Because of Impending judgment. And because of sin in the world. And because of this. And because of the other. And it sounds reasonable. And plausible. And religious. But it's contrary. To what the master said to do. In Mark 13. (coughs) Notice this. Mark 13. And. uh, Oh about verse 7 I think. Well, let's see, skip down to, yeah, about verse 7 will be be good enough. Jesus said, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, be afraid. Be very afraid. Hmm? Find you a good hole to crawl in? Huh? And be scared. Because it's going to be rough. (laughs) And yet. Can you get that idea. And impression. From hearing some things. What did he say. What, What did the head of the church. I'm not talking about some preacher. That you heard of lately. The head of the church. What did he say. What did he say. When you hear about wars and wars, maybe that are about to break out, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Hmm? Panic. Cringe. Scream in tongues for hours at a time. Huh? Panic. Be scared. Be upset. Be moved. Be frightened. Go, oh God, oh God, oh God. We got to do something. Now what you should do. Is not. Be. Troubled. It takes faith. To do that. It doesn't take faith to panic. It doesn't take faith to run around. And. And. and, 
and try to do all these things and and be upset and be scared. That, that's any unbeliever can do that. It takes faith to see bad stuff and hear bad stuff and go, well, God's still on the throne. I know that. And the master told me not to be troubled. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to not be afraid. I'm going to not be troubled. That's what I'm going to do. I said, did you hear about so-and-so? Yep. What are we going to do? We're going to not be troubled. That is not what you hear in a lot of churches. That is not what you hear in a lot of preaching. But if you'd have been listening to Jesus when he was preaching, that's what you'd have heard. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he said then is what he's saying now. He hasn't changed. And what he said to you and me is, don't be troubled. Say it out loud, don't be troubled. Say it out loud, Jesus, the head of the church, told me, don't be troubled. He said it more than once. He said it in different times, in different ways. And it's, it's, you see it in the epistles. You see it through Paul. You see it through Peter. It just keeps coming through again and again and again. Why? Because what pleases God most is faith. And faith is not scared. Faith is not frustrated. Faith is not terrorized and terrified. We which do believe, we enter into rest. We rest. We trust in him like the psalmist said. In fact, instead of me quoting it, go back there to it. Psalm 46. <coughs> Psalm 46. Oh, what a great word. Now remember, these words that you and I are hearing are not just empty information. There is power in these words to enable us to have what he's telling us. <clears throat> How many believe when, when God says, light be? It's not a commentary. <clears throat> it's not a suggestion. It's not, it's not just talking about light. The power is in those words to create light. And when Jesus tells you, don't be troubled. I'm giving you my peace. Do you believe there's power in those words to strengthen you to where you can stop yielding to fear and anxiety and you can have peace? His words are empowerments. His word is enablement. His word makes you strong. His word heals and sets free. <clears throat> Psalm 46 Verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, God's right here. He's right here with us. Therefore, verse 2, what? Because he's here with us, therefore will not we fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
The, the literal there says death shade. You're so close to death, the shadow of death is on you. <clears throat> well, you'd probably feel something sending that close to death. But you don't have to be terrified. You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be upset. You can say right in the, right in the shadow, right in the shade of, of death, you can say, I'm not going to be afraid. Because there's somebody here besides death. It's the resurrection and the life. He's in me. He's with me. Right? So I'm not going to be afraid. Say that loud, I will not fear. Now notice he goes on to say, though the earth be removed. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though the waters roar and trouble, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. This is something, this is a global event. This is catastrophic. The oceans are heaving up out of their beds. Mountain ranges are sliding off into the ocean. The earth itself is going somewhere. It's being removed. And you and I, could we stand on the surface of the planet and mountains are sliding into the sea and tidal waves and somebody says, man, the earth is leaving here. And we say, I'm not going to be scared. Why? Because I know the one that made it. And I don't know the details and I don't know how, but when it's all said and done, I'm going to be okay because I'm his and he's mine. And wherever I am and wherever he is, it'll be good. Or you could just panic and just lose your mind. Oh, the earth, the earth, the earth, the earth. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? All of our science and all of our technology can't stop these mountains from sliding into the sea. (coughs) And where are we going to live? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And when you get through going through all that, you're not going to be any better off. You're going to be worse off. (laughs) Though all of this is happening, I will not fear. Somebody say, I will not fear. God is my refuge and my strength. A very present help in time of trouble. So if he's with me, I, I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. I'm not going to let it. Now, now, all those words are significant, aren't they? Would you have to tell somebody, don't let your heart be afraid, if something was not tempting them to be afraid? See, so that, that lets you know something's working on you to get you in fear and to get you upset. And that's why you have to make an effort not to let it happen. And so many people think, that it's not up to them. That they are just helpless victims. And, and these feelings and these things come up. And they just go ballistic and get scared and, and panic out of their mind. And they think, well, I, I can't help it. I, I don't want to be like that. But it just, it's just overwhelming. That is a lie. Did y'all hear me, children of God? To the child of God, that is simply not true. Elsewise, Jesus would have said. Now, I'm going to tell you something. And a lot of times you won't be able to do it. 
but I want you to try. At least give it a good shot, okay? Because, no, no, no. What did the master tell us? Don't let your heart be troubled. Reckon he actually expected us to do that. He did. And it's more for us than anybody else to help us. Because if we're not panicking and being troubled, if we're trusting in him and looking to him, that gives him a right to do things in our life. Whereas if we're just panicking and and losing it, we're not trusting him. We're not looking to him. We actually get in his way of doing things for us. And there's a spiritual principle that just like your faith will come on you, your fears will come on you. There's a spiritual law. That when you get terrified of something and you get upset and you get scared of it, you draw it to you like a magnet. Fear is dangerous stuff. Which is why the Lord told us, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Even when there's wars, even when it looks like wars about to break out and rumors of wars. What do you do? Christians are trained to huddle and talk. They think it's the Christian thing to do is go, what do you think? Oh, man, looks bad. Oh, I don't know, but we got, we got to pray. Yeah, but scared prayer don't cut it. <clears throat> Unbelieving prayer is not going to change a thing. You can beg and cry and be scared and that's not going to cut it. The Lord told us to do something else, didn't he? What did he say when you hear all these things? Even when other men's hearts are failing them for fear, what are we supposed to be doing? Standing strong with our confidence in him, not even troubled. We may not know how it's going to work out. We may not know where it's all going to wind up. But we know this. God will be there. And we're trusting him. Somebody said out loud. He's going to take care of me. I'm confident. That he will take care of me. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Somebody say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to Luke, please. The eighth chapter. Would it be a better quality of life if you went day after day and weren't troubled? Hmm? That sounds like you're enjoying life. Right? Yeah, but... Brother Keith, there's just, there's just problems and there's just things that's not right. Yeah, and there always will be. There'll always be something that's not right. Well, I've made so many mistakes. Well, whoop-de-doo, join the club. <laughs> Is it going to help anybody by you being depressed over your mistakes? No. Who's that going to help? <clears throat> Is it going to please the Lord? Is he going to say, bless your heart. That's why I like you. Because you feel so bad about your mistake. No. 
No, that's an indicator that you're not believing that he said your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. I'll forgive you and I will cleanse you and I won't even remember it. So if you're going around depressed over it all the time, you definitely are remembering it. Hmm? No. There's no upside. There's no benefits to being troubled and being upset. It's not a good thing. It doesn't show that you care. It it doesn't show that you're serious. It, It shows that you're confused. It shows that you either don't know what the Lord told you to do. Or you know, but you got a better idea. And you're going to do it a different way, no matter what he said. <clears throat> and because your mom and them did it that way, and because your church folks did it that way, and that's just the way you do it. Because we're serious. <laughs> I know all these folks hollering, hooting, hallelujah, and all that kind of stuff, but it's a serious world we live in. <laughs> and I'm a serious person, and I take things seriously. Yeah, and you seriously full of unbelief. <laughs> Got a seriously hard head. You won't listen to what the Lord told you to do. Because <clears throat> if we did what he told us to do, we would have peace. And we would have joy. And it would be a light. And it would be a witness in the midst of a dark, troubled world when we're not. And people say, well, you, you don't know what I have to deal with. Yeah, and you don't know what I've dealt with. Amen. The Bible said there's no temptation, no trouble, no trial, no test taken you, but such as is common to man. Everybody's dealt with stuff, honey. A lot of folks have dealt with stuff a lot worse than you and weren't half as depressed over it. But the devil tells everybody that you nobody knows the my the torments of my soul and and nobody knows you know I I I, I guess I'm just different from most folks and and you know I, I you know I I don't know why I think the way I do I just what you're trying to say is you're you're smarter than everybody else and so you're dealing with issues that us normal dumber folks don't have to. Do. <laughs> And that's just being full of baloney. (laughs) Being confused is no sign of intelligence. It takes faith to do what Jesus is talking about in these verses, don't it? It takes faith. I know I was talking to someone a, a, a while back that was in a very trying situation. And uh, uh, go, go with me. Uh, hold your place. Where, where are you now? Look, hold your place there. And go to Philippians 4. We were going there anyway. <clears throat> Philippians 4. The Lord gave me this verse for them. And they were in a, I mean, a genuinely trying situation. I mean, a situation where a lot of folks in their shoes just lose it. 
And the Lord dealt with me to give him this verse. Verse uh, <clears throat> Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. He's writing this from jail. Telling them they need to be rejoicing. And again I say what? <clears throat> Rejoice. Verse 6 says, Be careful for what? How much? <clears throat> for how much? Be anxious. Be, be troubled and upset about what? what? What is bad enough that it's okay to be upset about and troubled about? Are you sure? Because I know most people think that there are some things that you can't help but be upset about. I mean, anybody's going to be upset about that. But Jesus didn't leave out any categories. He said, be careful for, for what? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Say it out loud. Be careful, be careful. For, nothing. for nothing. I should say the Holy Spirit said this through Paul. Be careful for nothing. What am I going to do if I can't worry? Here you go. Pray. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then what happens after you pray like that? And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This person, wonderful person that I was talking to in this very, very trying situation. <clears throat> My heart went out to him. And so I'm, I'm looking for what to say to him. You know, people just say little <coughs> phrases that they've heard and little pat stuff. But, you know, and a lot of things people already know, they've already heard. This person knew a lot of word. They knew a lot of things. What do you tell them? The only thing that's going to help is what the Lord's saying about it. Because <clears throat> there's light and life and peace in, in his words. And I said to them this, I said, I believe this is a word from the Lord for you. And they respected us and the word. And they said, man, tell me. I said, uh, cast the care of it on him. There was silence on the other end of the phone. <clears throat> I said, I know it takes faith to do that. Because in the situation, I knew what they were struggling with is, what else can I do? I've made confessions. I've prayed. We've done this. We've done that. What else can I do? I said, uh, don't take responsibility for this, cast the care of it and the responsibility for it off of you and just give it to him. Again, silence on the, on the phone. <clears throat> Why? This is one of the most challenging things that you've done. Because your flesh wants to say, okay, well, what else can we do? We've got to do something. And you have to watch about that because the enemy will use that to condemn you and to pressure you. And people don't realize it, but they're taking care. They're taking the anxiety. Uh, 
Go, go to Mark now, please. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Mark 13. <coughs> no, excuse me. What, what did I give you? Hmm? Luke is where you should be going. Luke 8. We already saw Mark. Uh, Luke 8. <clears throat> Luke 8, Jesus teaches what we call the parable of the seed and the sower. He said the seed is the Word of God. He, he, he talks about different types of ground is representative of different types of people's hearts and the effects or lack of results of the Word being sown into our hearts. This comes back to what we're already seeing. Does, does the Word have the power to produce something in you? It's living seed, isn't it? And it can, it can come into you, and it can put roots down, and it can spring up, and it can change you. And it can produce something amazing in your life. <clears throat> but even though you hear the amazing, life-changing Word of God, anointed Word of God, that does not mean you will automatically get results according to this teaching, right? Because different types of ground got different results. Some got no results, even though the same anointed seed Word was planted into them. And listen to what he mentions, one reason why some did not see results. Luke 8 and verse 14. Luke eight fourteen says, They which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard go forth and are what? Choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. All that's uh, uh, connected to something to be concerned about, troubled about, upset about. Cares. Choked with cares. Say that out loud. Choked. Choked. With cares. cares. And what's the result? And bring no fruit to perfection. The word produced no results in that person's life. Not because the word couldn't do it. Not because it wasn't God's will. But because something else choked out the word choked the seed of the living word out of their life. Is there anything that could do that? We're reading it. We're reading it. Mark says it like this. Mark 4 says, These that are sown among thorns, they hear the word, the cares of this world, other things, choke the word. He said it like that. It chokes the word. And it becomes unfruitful. I mean that almost baffles your mind. To think that there is something. That could keep the word. As powerful as it is. From working in your life. But you got to believe what Jesus said. And you don't have to look around too much. To see that that's what's happening. You can hear the most wonderful. Truths. Truths. You'll know the truth. And what will happen. It'll make you free. It has the power to do that. And yet, you can hear it. You can get excited about it. You can say glory to God. You can shout. You can confess it. And yet, you can go back home. 
And you can get to thinking about that problem. And you can get upset about it. And you can get troubled over it. And that word that would have healed you, would have changed you, is choked out by those troubling, vexing cares. Is this serious? This is serious. This is the thing we ought to be watching and dealing with more than a lot of other things. Because when that temptation comes to get upset, to get vexed, to get frustrated, to get worried, to get scared, we need to know this is the thing that could keep it from happening. And I must not let this happen. I must not let my heart be troubled about this. I must not let myself be scared. Y'all with me, saints? There's a, a sneaky way that the enemy works in this. And it's one of the one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you about it tonight. Uh, we've touched on it here and there, but I wanted, wanted us to just bring it front and center and talk about it. <clears throat> People are embarrassed. People are ashamed. I'm talking about good church-going, tongue-talking faith folks because of lack of results in certain areas in their life. They're embarrassed. I've had people uh, say to me or people around me, well, I didn't want Brother Moore to know about this. (coughs) Excuse me. Or that this was this way. Are symptoms that have remained a long time. And the enemy will come and say, well, you know, why hadn't you made more progress? Why is this still this way? And it's a trick, child of God. Because if you let it bug you and you let it trouble you, it's not that you don't have faith. It's not that the word's not working in your life. It's that you've let this come in and gotten troubled and gotten embarrassed and gotten ashamed. It bothers me when I hear people say that kind of thing because that's not how I think. If folks only knew how I thought about some of these things, they wouldn't think that way. I think anybody that's trying to stand and believe God, I respect that. Right? And a lot of folks are dealing with things I've never had to deal with. And I do not presume that it's just to walk in the park trying to deal with it. I know I have never dealt with some of those things. And if I see somebody endeavoring to stand and believe and not quit and not throw it away, I respect that. And I say, fight the good fight of faith, man. Hang in there. Stay with it. And can you, though, cast the care of that lack of results of those persisting symptoms? Can you cast the care of that on the Lord and not be embarrassed, upset, intimidated? Because if you can't, it's going to choke the word in your life. That pressure, that intimidation, 
that fear, that making the effort to hide and cover, that embarrassment, all of that is different forms of care and it will choke it. I said it'll choke it. That's the problem. The question is this. Are you walking in the light that you have? Are you doing what you know to do? Now, if you're not, and you know you ought to be doing things that you're not doing, you ought to be doing something differently, well, you're not going to be able to get rid of the condemnation till you do what you know to do. And even if you've messed up terribly, ask the Lord to forgive you, and he will, and you can be clean. And then start doing what you know to do. But it remains that we only know in part. Right? That means there's parts we don't know. And that's where some of the difficulties can come in. But are we doing what we know to do? If you're walking in the light that you have, if you're doing what you know to do, Cast the care of the rest of it over on the Lord. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Say, man, I'm doing what I know to do. And enjoy your salvation. And don't be bothered about it. Don't be worried about it. Don't be troubled about it. Come on, saints, are y'all with me on this? I know I've been there. I've dealt with folks. I've seen these situations. The devil's such a liar. I said, he's such a liar. And he tries to keep people uh, introverted in these areas and just focusing on it. And and, and he tries to tell them, you know, everybody's got it together except you. Everybody else is doing great. And you're just, you don't know what's going on. (laughs) And you, you don't have any faith. and You don't know. You're so carnal and you're so this. He's telling all the rest of us the same thing. And the reason he's bombarding us with all this stuff is because truth is contrary to millions of folks out there who don't know God and don't care at all. We do. And we are doing some things and we do know some things. And he's just a big old liar. Sorry, cuss. I'm not going to shed a tear when he gets what's coming to him. How about you? I mean, he's going to get it. And I'm going to say, glory to God. (laughs) Had it coming. Right? The Lord is just and fair. That's what I'm going to say. Because he is so devious, deceptive. Say, always trying to needle you with this, well, you ought to be here. You ought to be there. You ought to have this by now. You ought to, why, why not this and why not that? He is the accuser of the brethren. We need to recognize his tactics and see what he's doing. The big thing, I'm going to keep coming back to this as we go, but the big thing is, are you doing what you know to do? That's all a man can do. That's all a woman can do is do what you know to do. Walk in the light that you have. And once you're doing that, cast the care of the rest of it over on him. Go with me. You're here in Luke. Just go over another chapter or so. What is it, the 10th chapter? (coughs) Is this okay tonight? 
I tell you what, go to, go to 21 of Luke and then we'll back up to 10. We'll do it like this. Luke 21. <clears throat> is, is care and being troubled a very serious threat to us? What can it do, saints? It can absolutely choke the word out of your life. Now that's nothing to ignore. Hmm? And notice this, he talks, that's, that's what it can do to the word. Let's look at the other side of it, what it does to you that causes that. In Luke, uh, <clears throat> what did I say, 21? 21 and 34, I believe it is. <clears throat> 21 and uh, 34. It says, Jesus said, take heed to yourselves. Take heed means beware, be on your watch. Watch out about this. Why? The head of the, when, if the head of the church was here tonight, Jesus himself, he looked you in the eye. He said, now you watch out about this. Would you take it seriously? Well, his word is just the same. He wouldn't say it any different if he was standing here in the flesh. He said, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. And he mentions a few things that will overcharge your heart. What is over? Overcharge means overtax, overburden, will max you out and render you useless, ineffective, surfeiting, drunkenness, and what? Cares of this life will cause your heart to, to be overmaxed and shut down. This is what it's doing to your heart. What's it doing to the Word? It's choking it out. This is a terrible combination. This means you're not going to get results. Things are not going to happen. Your heart which is what you believe God with, for with the heart man believes, your heart's not working. It's overcharged and taxed out. Why? All these worries. Have you ever stopped to notice what worrying and fretting does to you? You can, you can have had a wonderful experience. You can have a wonderful service, wonderful time of God, uh, have a wonderful time with friends. You can be up. You can be happy. And here's some devastating news. And if you take it to heart and go sit down in your chair and start crying and feeling sorry for yourself, the strength will run out of you like somebody pulled the plug on a tub. The drain on the tub. The strength will just run out of you. And you'll get to the, if you heave and cry and sorrow and let your heart be troubled and let yourself be scared and terrified, you'll get to the place where you have no strength. To do anything. Your strength is gone. Why? Your heart is overcharged. Maxed out. And the word is choked. Can you begin to see why the Lord has told us this? Do not let your heart be troubled. Don't let it go that way. Do not let yourself be afraid. Say it out loud. I do not have to. Be troubled. I don't have to. Be afraid. I have the peace of Jesus. 
I can do differently. When things first come up, saints, anybody that's walked by faith very long successfully knows this. When something comes up, you hear a bad report, you hear something tragic, you hear something terrible. Phyllis and I have learned this. You know right now is where it's made or broken. What am I going, my response to this, if I freak out, if I lose it, it's going to be desolation and destruction, and that's going to be the end of it. But if I, can, if I can get a hold of myself, and no matter what kind of feelings I'm having, no matter what kind of thoughts or emotions are coming against me, if I can say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, God's still on the throne. His word is still true. Right? He always causes me to triumph, no matter what. He gives me the victory. And I, I don't know what it is, but Lord, I know you know the answer. I know you know the way out of this. You said you would make a way of escape. You'd make a way out. So I'm looking to you for it. Why should I lose it if I believe I'm coming out? <clears throat> I'm not going to be hopeless if I'm hopeful. <clears throat> hmm? I'm not going to be devastated if I don't believe I'm a victim, but I'm a victor. <clears throat> People say, yeah, but it's already happened. Yeah, but it ain't over. It ain't over till we have some victory. It's not over till God gets some glory. Yeah, but it's not too late. It's never too late. We're breathing. We're walking. We're on the, God's on the throne. It ain't over. It ain't over. Somebody say, victory is mine in Christ. Glory to God. Jesus said, take heed to yourself, because it'll overcharge your heart. It'll, it'll max your heart out. Overcharge, overburden. These cares. Go with me then to the 10th chapter. And let's look at the poster child for taking care. <coughs> Anybody know who they are? Martha, Martha. <laughs> Anybody heard? <coughs> Sorry, Martha. We'll see you later. And I know you're you got past this now, but Jesus used you for an example, so we're going to have to talk about you today. <coughs> Martha's been in glory for many years, and I'm sure when we see her, we'll go, Martha, Martha. And she'll go, Yeah. Right, I know, I know. <laughs> She's a real person living in glory right now. <clears throat> but uh, she didn't know everything then that she knows now. Same with us. But let's, let's look. We're familiar with the story perhaps. But let's look at how the enemy works so that we don't uh, let the same thing happen to us. The reason it's here is so we don't do the same thing she did. And then Mary is given as the, the right example that we do what she did. In Luke 10, <coughs> Luke 10, verse 38, Jesus 
entered into a certain village. A certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Martha's a good woman. She's a, a great host and a good cook, I imagine. You know, Jesus kept stopping by there for some reason. So. And uh, <coughs> it's her house, and she wants Jesus and his guys to come. And he did. That, how many of that tells you a lot right there? She invited, and he came and brought the whole bunch. And she had a sister called Mary. And sisters then were very much like sisters now. <clears throat> huh? whole lot you could talk about there. <clears throat> Good and otherwise. Sisters is sisters. And uh, Mary sat at Jesus' feet and heard the word. Said out loud, she sat at Jesus' feet. <clears throat> And she heard the word. I don't believe it's just bouncing off her ears. Jesus said, let him that has ears to hear. hear. I believe she, she is hearing and really hearing. I believe it's going in her and it's changing her. Set at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Said another time. She said at Jesus' feet. Does that paint a picture for you? <clears throat> Hmm? She's sitting at his feet. And she is hearing the word. We'd already talked about what the word can do for you. How to heal that man we talked about earlier. I mean, the word is changing you. If something's not choking it out. If something's not preventing it from doing what it's intended to do. And verse 40, <clears throat> Martha was cumbered about. Does that sound like trouble? <clears throat> huh? Cumbered. Loaded. Burdened. Everybody say burdened. burdened. You ever met any Christians that were burdened down a lot? <clears throat> huh? Often burdened down. Burdened down. Because they're such saintly souls. And they care so much. And they're more spiritual than, than a lot of folks. Which exempts them and, and makes them okay to ignore what Jesus said. <clears throat> oh, nearly 40 years ago, <clears throat> 35 years ago, I guess, I, I was getting a haircut. That's not the last time I got a haircut, but... <clears throat> I went over to this this little shop, <coughs> and this lady was cutting my hair. And uh, she knew that I had begun to be a student of the Word back then. This was in the very early days of me pursuing to find the Word. And uh, she said, I wish you'd tell me. I've got a question I want to ask you. So that's how she said it. And I said, sure. If I know, I said, I may not know. And she said... She told me a story then about how a friend of hers just, I guess it was that day, or day before, just right along, and then had been, it's a spring day after a cool winter, and, and the birds were singing, and the grass was beginning to come out, and a few little flowers, and just a glorious spring day, and she was walking down the sidewalk, and, 
And she said she met this uh, preacher and said that she said, hi, brother so-and-so, you know, isn't it a wonderful day and isn't it great? And he said, yeah, I suppose. And and he's, and she said they talked a little bit and, and then uh, she began to inquire as to why, you know, he seemed serious. And he said, well, you know, people are going to hell today in different places in the world. Dying without Jesus. She said, he's, she said that's, that's sad thought. And uh, she said, I, I wouldn't, you know, hadn't been thinking about that. He said, yeah, that's the problem. People don't think about it. <laughs> and before they got through talking, she's going down the sidewalk, <coughs> head down, dragging her feet. She's lost her excitement about being alive and great spring day. She's lost her joy. Now she's serious Christian. Concerned over lost souls like everybody should be. Really? Is that what the Bible teaches? No. So she, this lady... Asked me, she said, is, is that right? And I, I didn't want to say anything negative about this brother, and so I chose my words carefully and talked about it a little bit. But I'll tell you real plainly, no, that's not okay. <laughs> that's not right. <clears throat> there is so much wrong with that. It's wrong on so many levels. And that's part of what we're talking about. One reason I'm, I'm strong about it is because I made some mistakes in this area. Early on in my ministry, the Lord had to correct me and help me. I meant well, but wrong thinking. I had the job of ministering in Brother Hagin's healing school. We are there for a long time, years. And... Uh, We'd see people come on a regular basis that were pronounced terminal, incurable. Some had been prognosed to be dead two weeks ago. And uh, so you're seeing this kind of thing on a regular basis. And and we saw some miracles, man. But we also saw some folks die and go home to be with the Lord early, young. And that bothered me. And I'm young in ministry and I had a team helping me, and I'd tell them, you know, let's just, let's just fast today and, and do some extra praying. And, and we did that kind of thing over and over again. I, I, I lost so much weight, my clothes didn't fit, and, and didn't realize it, but I lost my joy somewhere. I'm not happy. I'm not enjoying things, and I'm sure I wasn't as much fun to be around, but I'm intense, and I'm serious. Because I'm thinking, you know, people are, this is life and death. And didn't realize it, but the enemy was pushing me. Said, you know, well, what if you knew more, if you were more anointed, if you had more faith, if this and that. And so you're pushing harder and you're praying more and, and you're studying harder and, and, and things, things just got worse. Went on like this for, for months. And finally one day praying, I won't forget it, 
The Lord spoke to my heart. I mean arrested me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice. But it was real strong in me. He said Keith. Are you the healer? I I just kind of stopped. And leaned over on my side. And I thought no. I'm not the healer. He asked me again. Keith. Are you the healer? I said no sir. No sir. He said, well, quit trying to act like you are. And he began to minister to me. Thank God he began to minister to me. He said, son, you're acting like whether people live or die. It's riding on your shoulders. And I didn't realize it, but that is pride. Who do you think you are? <laughs> whether people go to hell or heaven is riding on you. Their eternal destination is riding on you. No, it ain't. No, it's not. That's too important and too big to be riding on your little shoulders. People say, what about the Bible? When God told the prophet, if you don't tell them what I told you to tell them, their blood will be on your hands. He didn't say he's their savior and their eternal destination is all riding on him We're responsible to do what he tells us to do. And that's it. Come on, are y'all listening, saints? Now, yeah, if you don't do some things he told you to do, you could be responsible. But that doesn't make you the savior. That doesn't make you the healer. That doesn't make you the deliverer. And taking that care, taking that responsibility that is way too big for your little narrow shoulders can be spiritual haughtiness and pride. Acting like you can do it. Acting like if I just got my act together, I could go clean the hospitals out. Boy, if I just got it together, I could get I could save everybody. Hmm. No. 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 We've already got a savior. His name is Jesus the master. We've already got a healer. We've already got to deliver and he's already done everything that needs to be done to save everybody and to heal everybody. He began to minister to me. I don't mean I I heard all these words, but he can cause you to know something in a flash that's take you a week to try to say it and you know it just like that. He began to show me, son, you don't know these people, what happened to them before they got here with you. You don't know what all I've told them and what they've done and what they didn't do. You don't know all the scores of other people that I've used to speak into their lives. You don't know all the opportunities they've had for this and that and the other. You don't know what's going to happen after this. Whether they live or die, whether they're healed or not, it's not all sitting on your shoulders. You're not responsible for that. You're only responsible to do what I tell you to do. You get what I give you to speak to them. You minister to them with all the faith you have. You pray for them. You lay hands on them with all the faith you have. And then you cast the care of the rest of it over on me. And you you leave and enjoy your salvation. And you do not carry the care of that around with you like you're the Savior and the healer. Are you all with me, friends? I saw it. I saw it. I thought, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. I was acting too big for my britches. 
I, I thought I was being humble and serious. And I was being foolish. And letting the enemy play me. He will burden you down like a pack mule. He will load stuff on you till your belly rubs the ground and you sway back. Did you hear me? And you can fall under the pressure and he'll claim he's God and kick you and go, get up, there's work to be done. And it's not God. I said, it's not God. Jesus said, come, learn about me. My yoke is what? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. If it ain't light and it ain't easy, you didn't get it from God. How many Christians you hear? How many ministers you hear talking about it's so hard? It's so hard. I, I mean, I just had a breakdown under the pressures of, of serving God in the ministry. Whoa, 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 whoa. You have to be disobedient to burn out. Did you hear me, saints? You have to ignore the Lord to burn out in ministry. Because if you'd listen to him, it would not happen. There's been times that I've been wanting to press and do something. And the Lord speak to me and said, go to bed. I'm thinking, yeah, but right in the middle of this, go to bed. Why? You ain't the Savior. You ain't going to fix this thing overnight. Get your little stuff in bed. Rest in me. <coughs> huh? We need to remember who's the, who's the big one here. Here's a hint. It's not you. <coughs> who's the one that can fix everything? Who's got all the answers? Hint two, not you. Come on, are y'all with me? It's not you. And since it's not you, it's deception, pride to try to carry the responsibility for all of that on your little shoulders. It's just foolish. You do what you know to do. Same thing with you individually. Same thing with your healing, with your finances, with your relationships. I'm telling you, the devil, he will beat your brains out if you will cooperate with him. Man, if you was really a Christian, your kids wouldn't be messed up like that. If you was really a a man of God, your relationships wouldn't be like that. If you was really this, if you was really that. Do you hear what it is? Accusations, accusations, accusations. It's not God. It's the enemy of your soul. He's trying to get you to take it. And take it to heart. And be troubled and upset. Because then he's got you. He knows your heart will max out and shut down. He knows the word will be choked. And you will be defeated. And all in the world we had to do is just go. I ain't worried about that. (laughs) You got it God. (laughs) What are you going to do? I'm going to be happy today, all day long. How many understand that can take a lot of faith? Right? To be happy all day when you got so much junk and problems, people look at you and go, bless their heart, look at them. They don't even know how bad a shape they're in. Look at them. <coughs> look at them. They, it's affected them. They just act like they're not even aware. It's got that, that crazy smile on their face all the time they go. Look at them. Look at them. Their, their life is a mess. They don't even seem to realize it. Or 
Is it that you have enough faith to actually do what Jesus told you to do? And cast all your cares over on him. Hmm? And rejoice in him anyhow. Can you say amen? Amen. Is that what Martha's doing? No. Y'all got a few minutes more or not? Are you done? I'm not quite done. Are you done? Because if you're done, we need to quit. (coughs) You done? You're not troubled about it anyway. You're not bothered either way, right? (coughs) Set you up on that one. Uh, Martha was what? She was what? Cumbered. What, What does your translation say? Distracted. That's actually a literal definition of the Greek words. Distracted. Troubled, bothered about much serving. And she came to Jesus. And notice, notice the first thing she says. To love himself. What does she say? Don't you care? Don't, don't you care? Now, now learn something, saints. She is accusing the master. You know why? Because she's taking accusations and she's making accusations. You see, when people are making accusations, that's an indicator they've been taking accusations. I don't know that I've ever said that just like that till now. But can you see it? What's been going on with her? You better do this. This is not going to happen. This is not going to get done by itself. This has to happen. And what will they think if there's not a good meal? And what will they think if this? And what will they? Pressures. Can you see this, saints? Pressures. And people who do care and people who do want to do a good job sometimes have made themselves more susceptible to this kind of thing. Huh? But it's not okay. It's not a good thing. It's not an excuse. Because you cross a line. Yeah, you ought to want to do well. But you ought not cross this line. Because she has crossed a line to come in here and interrupt Jesus when he's talking and speaking the word and accuse him of not caring enough. The enemy has been feeding her junk. And she's been meditating on it. And she's upset. And now she's taking it out on, on him. What's happening? Her heart is being overmaxed. This is too much for her. And the word. Is she getting any word? No. So the word she's not getting is not producing any results in her life. Hmm? Don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to get herself up and get in here and help me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So disrespectful. Telling the Lord what to do and what to tell people. Accusing him of not caring. Why am I saying all this? Watch for these indicators. Watch for them. When you see yourself, you're all worked up. You're all agitated. 
You want to come tell somebody what they ought to be doing? Hmm? Guess who's wrong? Guess who's messed up? It's you. Why? Just the fact that your heart is troubled and upset lets you know you have missed it. You, you missed it somewhere back here. You went the wrong way. These accusations. You tell her to get up and come in here and help me. Now, let's just stop right here. I know that you, it's easy to say it on this side, reading the book, you know. But if Jesus was here tonight and he was talking and you're busy doing something in the back, can you see yourself interrupting Jesus in the middle of speaking and asking him why he didn't care and telling him what he needed to tell somebody else and what he needs to do? How many understand you are off the rails, right? You, you ran through the stop sign somewhere. You have gone off the bridge, right? You, huh? You're in free fall and don't know it. Verse 41. Jesus said what? Martha. Martha. As we, as we said before, when the Lord calls your name twice like that, just go ahead and start kneeling down. Right? Because <laughs> it's time to repent. You are what? You are careful. You are full of care. And you are what? Troubled, Troubled about many things. Is this okay? No. It's not okay. I'm sure she had a hundred reasons why she thought she needed to be doing She's got company. She's got important company. Right? They're going to want to eat after a while. This food ain't just going to jump on the table by itself. Right? She has all these reasons why. But can... Oh, oh, saints, are you awake? Are you listening? How can you tell when you've crossed the line? Hmm? You're no longer just trying to be a good host. You're no longer just trying to do a good job. How can you tell when you've crossed the line? Your heart... Is troubled. You're upset. You're vexed. And next, you want to straighten people out. You want to tell folks what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. Can you see this, saints? And who's missed it? He didn't say, Mary, Mary, get yourself up and get to the kitchen. He didn't say, Mary, listen to your sister. No. Did he? No. Did he? No. What did he say? Martha? Martha? Girl? <laughs> I, can I elaborate a little bit? Girl? You coming in here interrupting the message? You accusing me of not caring enough for you? Telling me what I need to be telling people to do? Really? You better turn the stove off and get yourself in here. (laughs) And I'll let you know when and how. Right? (laughs) See, Mary has become convinced. Martha has become convinced that Mary is just really dropping the ball here and messing up. And the Bible said, if you 
accuse others and judge others, you have judged yourself. You are guilty of what you're accusing them of. It happens over and over and over again. When you're upset with them and you're ready to straighten them out, watch out, watch out. You're the one who has crossed the line and messed up. Because if you were doing good, if you were doing good like you think you are, guess what? Your heart would not be troubled. You would have peace. Hmm? No matter what. <clears throat> Could Martha have operated differently? <clears throat> Could she? The first thing she should have done is not assume they were making a big dinner that night. She could have come to the master and said, do you want me to do this? What do you want us to do about supper? And if he would have said, forget about it. Go over there and come over here and sit down with me. Hmm? And that's the end of it. Right? Right. They saw miracles before. Where there was no feed, no food, or a handful of food, and the multitudes ate and were satisfied, right? They saw it more than once. Or even if she's in the kitchen, she could have said, Well, I know the Lord knows what's going on. If he thinks something else ought to be going different, he knows how to tell her, he knows what to do. And uh, I'm just going to be happy in the Lord. Right. right? Keep your heart right. Don't let it. Be troubled. Sit out loud. Don't let it. Be troubled. <clears throat> he said, Martha, Martha, you're, you're so full of care. You're troubled about so many things. There's just one thing that's needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, that good thing. And it's not going to be taken away from her. Who had the peace? Who had the calm? Mary at the feet of Jesus. Receiving the word of God. She's having a good time. Her sister's not having a good time in the kitchen, but she's having a good time, right? Don't let the party pass you by. You can be happy. You can be enjoying life, and things do not have to be perfect in every area before you can. Hmm? Well, I have to have this, and I have to have that, or I can't be, I can't rest. I have to have this, or I have to have that, and I, or I can't be, you know, I can't be comfortable. I have to, hey, hey, hey. You're going to be troubled your whole life about something. Even if everything, even if 99.99 is right, there's going to be that .01 that's bugging you. And it'll always be something. And you'll always be, even when you're putting on your smiley face inside, you're going, eh, 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 eh. Yeah, but that needs to be in, that needs to be in, that needs to be in, that needs to be I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm a perfectionist. No. You're disobedient. You're hard-headed. And, and, and live in a fantasy world where you are in charge of everything. And you're not. <laughs> you also can have more friends when you make these changes. And you get invited to things more. And you get made a part of things more. Why? Because when you come in, you don't, have to, you don't try to take over. You don't try to take charge. You're happy. You don't bring anxiety into the group. 
Hmm? You don't bring, you don't make tension. You don't cause problems. You're just like a banana. You're with the bunch. And, and you're like Minnie Pearl. You're just so glad to be there. Huh? Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's sing I got peace like a river.